Another Way to Play, episode 91. So just remember that your team is watching your actions and actions speak louder than words. And so telling your team just shut it off and have a weekend or take care of themselves. If you're not modeling that behavior, that's something that the team's not necessarily going to pick up on. This is Bonnie Young, speaker, author, and business therapist. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, you should be listening to Another Way to Play with my good friend, Hans Struzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the nine-to-five rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. Today's guest is Bunny Young. She's a third-generation entrepreneur, international speaker, retired therapist, surfer, army wife, and cowgirl who speaks four languages. As a stunt woman turned businesswoman, she founded a company, A Better Place Consulting, to empower and educate businesses and organizations about the impact of work-life alignment. Uh, In this one, guys, we talk about a number of things, including some of the really interesting story items that I just brought up, but also uh, specifically her work with animals and bringing out corporate groups or business owners into her farm to interact with horses and how it actually is sort of a metaphor and a representation of their business and personal lives. So a lot of great examples. I'm not going to spoil them for you, but it's really, really interesting to start to think about that and listen to the stories that she gives in that whole process. So keep an eye out for that. Plus, she also talks at the very end about how she taught her daughter to use a four-letter word and how that's a controversial thing that she's done, but uh, she gives a great explanation as to why. So listen up for that at the end. And before we get into the show, just remember that if you're getting value out of this, I'd really appreciate you heading over to iTunes, leaving a rating and review because it really helps me grow the show uh, and gives me a ton of feedback so I can keep making this show even better. So thanks in advance for that. And without any further ado, let's get into it with Bunny Young. All right, Bunny, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really excited to have you on. It's an absolute honor. I'm, I'm stoked to be here and to see what we can deliver to your listeners. Fantastic. Well, you've got a really fantastic story and a, and a lot of transitions, a lot of stuff that happened along the way, which I'm sure we'll get into and I alluded to in the intro. But before we get into all of that, let's back up and just build the context for the audience and, and talk about where your journey actually began. Yeah, I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version in the aspect that I'm a third generation entrepreneur. So I I grew up in Southern California with my grandfather running his company and my parents running their company. Pivotal moment in my life, my best friend was killed in a drunk driving accident. And um, that was when I was still in high school. And so I moved to Ecuador for a summer to volunteer in an orphanage and then came back home and decided I was going to go into social service work. 
And one of the things that I found with social services is that my work was never done. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the burnout that kids were experiencing was because their parents were really stressed about money or stressed about their jobs. So I ended up having the opportunity to leave everything. I was burnt out of being a therapist and go live in China and work as a stunt woman for a year. Wow. And <laughs> I came back and just told my supervisor I didn't want to be a therapist. And she introduced me into animal-assisted learning and animal-assisted therapy. And so I ended up taking a whole new route in a whole new industry and doing organizational psych and organizational development with basically implanting an entrepreneurial mindset in a corporate environment of what's my purpose, what are my core values, and doing a work-life alignment work. But the Mm -hmm. retreat part of it is, of course, with horses, and that's the animal-assisted learning part of it. So it's it's kind of like if you ask my eight-year-old what I do for a living, she says I save the world, which I'm super humbled by, but in reality... I have five companies and each one of them is just to make a difference and Mm -hmm. help people be more aligned in their work and life. That's so cool. Well, thank you for the overview. Because you mentioned it and you mentioned it so briefly, everyone I'm sure asks you about the stunt woman component of your story. (laughs) So let's just dig into that real quick because I'm sure all the listeners are are wanting to know what that's all about. So can you you tell us what that part of your story entailed? Yeah, I was dating this guy who was a stuntman and he got a contract to go to China to do a live action stunt show. So kind of like a universal studios type Mm. deal. And he got the contract and he says is that they told him I could go with him if we were married. And so we were supposed to leave, I think in about 15 days. And so in 10 days we planned a wedding and got married and I spent my first year of marriage in China. And when I got there, Hans, you and I talked about the fact that I don't do nothing well. So I talked the company into giving me a role in the stunt show. And so I spent, you know, the, the year in China as a newlywed doing this Bonnie and Clyde stunt show where I shot at my husband, set him on fire, hit him with a car, threw him off a building and kissed another man and got paid for it. <laughs> wow. So, That's a pretty uh pretty interesting first year of marriage. I can't say that mine has been quite like that, but that's pretty amazing. Yeah. What's amazing is how much of it has translated over to business. How much of it that you would not expect of my stunt work has transitioned over to risk management and planning and being able to break things down into steps in mm-hmm. order to to make it presentable. Um, interactions with clients is, is interactions with the audience, being a part of a team, having the trust. It, a live action stunt show is a lot different than a movie, doing stunts for a movie. And so we had this, this team for a year. And mm-hmm. there are people from Italy and Germany, Russia, Ukraine, Australia. So just that foundation was cool. Wow. Yeah. And thank you for diving into that part. Cause I was going to ask like, was that just like a thing that happened or did that sort of launch you into some other things, which it sounds like the skills that you learned in the beginning and through that process really kind of catapulted you into where you're at now with the five companies and all the things you're, you're into. 
Well, think about the most extreme thing that you've ever done. And then think about where you are right now. And it's kind of like putting it all in perspective. I've jumped off of a 40-foot building. I've done a Australian face-first repel, you know, four to five times a day, just trusting my thumb pressure pretty much um, Mm -hmm. and a rope. And I I think about this, I, I have two daughters. I think about this as a mom too. It's like, I think about the fact that I went through labor and birth naturally with no drugs. Um, and that's not to make any judgment against any other individual who's made different choices, but it's like that you've done this. Mm-hmm. So what else are you capable of? Mm-hmm. And it's a good reminder of how valuable you are when you start to doubt yourself. And um, it's also really great that I learned a lot about functioning as a team and what it takes with trust. Because I would say prior to that, Hans, I had a very difficult time communicating with a team and putting trust in other people in order to get the job done. But as a stunt team, that'll get you killed. Right. Especially when you guys are doing high flying acrobatics or jumping off of 40 foot buildings or whatever the case is, because it's, you're right. Like having that trust and really building it. And, and it's so critical in those high stakes environments. And I think we here on, you know, at, at ground level, at sea level with our feet firmly planted, kind of take that for granted sometimes because the stakes don't feel that high because in that moment they're not, but over time, you know, a bad set of, you know, a, a low trust over time will do the same thing as uh, a low trust in a, in a high stakes environment it just takes longer. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you did your first year of marriage in China, you did the stunt show, and then I imagine you got out or where did, where did you go after that? Yeah, so when I was in China, um, I was talking to the individual that I was doing my work with for, as a therapist and, um, you know, explaining kind of this midlife crisis almost of, I don't really want to sit in a room and listen to people complain in private practice as a therapist. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't feel like in social services, like I was actually making that big of an impact. I felt like it was almost like, this is a horrible analogy, but whack-a-mole because it's like, I'd put one fire out and 15 others would, would replace that one fire. And so I ended up getting introduced to this program where you could get a concentration as a master's degree in animal assisted learning and animal assisted therapy. And so that's where, that's where I took it is I decided I was going to come home. My husband did go back to Germany or went to Germany and did another stunt show there, but I came home. We had a daughter and I started working with organizations on psychology and bringing them out to the ranch and teaching motivational interviewing, positive leadership, all this stuff. Cause I'll tell you this, there's a sales team that came out and, uh, this guy, the objection was to, to catch a horse. And this guy is chasing this horse in circles around like this giant pasture. His entire team is like watching him and they're laughing And I'm like, why are you guys laughing? Like, this is a dangerous activity. And they said, this is what he does to the clients. There are two other horses in the pasture that he's completely ignoring. He's got his mindset that he's going to catch this one horse. The other two horses are completely calm and just standing next to the group, like waiting to do something with us. 
Yeah. And they said he, he just chases his prospects to the point that they're so exhausted that they say yes, but then they don't become valuable clients. And mm. that was really cool to be able to take that animal assisted learning and bring it into business. I have yet to be able to bring a horse into a boardroom, but there's still hope. Yeah, there's still hope. I love it. I was going to ask you with the animal assisted learning component, how it sort of plays out and how you build that bridge. Cause I mean, I'm an animal lover myself and you know, I, I've learned a ton from just having a puppy for the last year, just through gosh, my own inner workings, let alone business and, you know, other relationships. But um, that analogy is really, uh, really poignant. And is that sort of the kind of work that you try and bring out when you bring groups out to the farm with horses? Or are, is it other things yeah. that come forward? Like, how does that typically play out for people? And like, what do they pull out of the, the work that they do there? So we have two different kinds of retreats. We have an individual retreat for business professionals. So this is either business owners or business professionals. And then we have where you bring your team out. So Hans, you would call me and say, I want to, I want to bring out my team of 10 people. And we go through each person. You give me a little bio and how long they've been with the company. And then you and I would discuss kind of themes that um, like one of the most recent ones was uh, there's kind of an intergenerational barrier. So Leadership was 20 plus years older um, than other members of the team. It's a smaller company. There was only eight of them. And so we talked about herd cohesion and we did activities around, you know, how the herd is better and thrives working as a unit rather than working as individual horses. And then for the individual's retreat, when people come out, you know, there's no cell phones, um, and so they have basically a six or seven hour break from absolutely everything. And that commitment of just coming out to the ranch and being there is pretty impactful. But then the relationship, how quickly it changes from complete strangers to a space of vulnerability and trust just by being authentic and by admitting that you know, here are the gaps between where I want to be and where I am right now in, in mm -hmm. the, the means of an activity with a horse. You know, mm -hmm. I know nothing about this. And so I'm going to rely on resources. I'm going to, you know, tell you the little bit that I know about this. I have no idea who you are, but I'm trusting you because of these reasons. That's all super meaningful. So those are the two ways is, is we would have a company call us and say, we're going to bring we want to bring our team and we identify the team kind of themes prior to, and then they get a little report afterwards with mm -hmm. a bunch of photos. And then for individuals, it's more of a professional development retreat where you're coming and you don't know who you're going to be with at that retreat for individuals that have attended. They say they don't know what to expect when they pulled into the parking lot and they can't describe what it is that the magic that happened there, but other than transformational. So that's really great. And that's Hans, it's more about the horses. They've been around for 5 million years. We've been around mm -hmm. for 200,000 mm -hmm. as humans. Um, so who has been working more successfully as a herd longer? And as we're recording this live, we're going through COVID. Right. And you can see on the news, the difference between success and working together versus just trying to do what's best for the individual. 
and not working together, not coming together. And uh, it sounds to me you've you've tied that together a couple times here so far. That is the focus of what you're trying to do is is build that team cohesion and help each group member identify their weaknesses or neuroses or or insecurities around themselves that is prohibiting them from getting into the group uh, effectively. So for a better place consulting, our company process is we teach self-awareness and then self-management and then team awareness and team management. And where most consulting firms and most webinars and workshops are focused on is team management. And even like some of the um, personality profiling that goes into team awareness, Mm -hmm. there's still two steps prior to that that as an adult, we need to be able to check in with ourselves and know our strengths and know our weaknesses and know what we need in order to function as well as Mm self-care. And as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, it's typically the last thing on our list (laughs) or it's in a way, and and I've had entrepreneurs, I've had business owners argue with me and say, I go to the gym every day at 5 a.m. Well, that's self-care in some aspects but there's four parts of self-care, mind, body, emotion, and spirit. And so making sure that we're fully present and making sure that we know that self-awareness piece and then self-management piece is really, really critical. So that is what we try to tie together as a firm is the work-life alignment. So is how if you take care of yourself, you actually improve the company overall and the team naturally. Are you able to share kind of an anecdote about uh, an example of that? Cause I'm with you and I think I'd love to see if you have an, an example of, uh, of that in practice of someone who came to a retreat or you did work with who was able to then become more self-aware and, and get in alignment with the self-care elements you just said, and then how it translated into team success. Yes, we had at an individual business owner's retreat, there was um, someone who uh, it happened to be a female who kept putting themselves basically in physical risk in trying to take care of the horse. And so like trying to be so close to the horse that almost had their feet, you know, stepped on and was reminded several times, like, you can't do that. Uh, well, not you can't do that, but please, you know, make sure that you're keeping two feet between your feet and um, the horse's hooves, no pun intended, on that two feet remark. Now mm-hmm. it's six feet for current retreats. Can we keep six feet? But, <laughs> and I, I give very little ground rules at the beginning of the retreat. But one of the things that I say is keep your carrot shaped digits away from the horse's mouth. And so that was something that this individual continued to do was, was put her fingers around the horse's mouth and the horse was nibbling and she was like, Oh, he's cute. You know, he likes me. And the horse was pushing against her with his head and his neck. Um, and she's like, Oh, he's cuddling with me. And then she walked around the back side of the horse and I kind of just stopped the whole group. And I said, okay, so how many times are you going to put yourself at risk and allow somebody to push you around and call it love. And Mm. for that, the tears just started immediately because 
that particular individual was not only in a abusive business relationship where they were being, you know, taken advantage of from a business relationship perspective, but also with her own children was that, uh, you know, she was putting um, herself in financial risk and emotional risk by with some of the choices that she was making with with her children and it translated also to the relationship with her parents and it's like in no other therapeutic setting would we have been able to get kind of that breakthrough and what ended up happening is that she shared she said i have a client right now that is doing this that is supposedly a really great client, but it's pushing me around. It's too close. I feel like it's all consuming and I'm trying really hard to do all the right things, but I just, I don't ever feel safe in the relationship. And so we said, all right, we're going to name the horse after your client. And now we want you to lead this client confidently and teach this client boundaries. And so in a matter of 30 minutes, without a lead line, she was able to lead this client without, you know, any kind of, uh, so if a lead line is basically a leash for a horse. So no halter, no, right. no right. lead line, um, just kind of like joined at the hip, but that safe space between the client and the business owner and no more pushing with the head, no more, you know, disrespectful boundaries. And she just confidently led this horse um, using only her energy. And afterwards she's like, you know, if I can do this with a 1500 pound animal, I can do this with my clients. I can do this with my business partner. I can do this with my kids. So in a 30 minute session, we were able to hit on boundaries and hit on self-care and hit on the differences between what makes a good client and, um, you know, also toxic relationships in her life. Thank you for sharing that story because I, I can h- picture exactly what you're talking about way better now. That's that's really, really cool. So it sounds like the, the way that she was initially interacting with this client, or excuse me, this horse, um, you see that as sort of a, a, a window into her general business and personal life is the horse physically pushing up against her or um, you know, she's standing too close or she's putting herself in danger, you know, and how that extrapolates out to, to real life. And it, I mean, it sounds like you see that over and over again, and I'm assuming it's different for yeah, everybody. Yeah, it's, it's um, called experiential learning. And so it's very similar to when you do team development ropes courses and you're doing experiential mm-hmm. lessons and um, building, mm-hmm. you know, connection and building awareness around going through these activities, experiences, um, actions. And so the difference, though, between a ropes course and being with a horse is that it's another being's energy that mm-hmm. you have the choice to honor and respect and interact with. And the irony is, is that a lot of people don't want to come to the ranch because they're afraid of a horse. And I'm by no means saying that horses are not to be well-respected, but we're predators and a horse is a prey animal. And so everything Mm -hmm. about them allowing us the space to be, because we mostly do ground activities. So no, it's not like Mm -hmm. you're signing up for a trail ride. Um, It's about Mm -hmm. from the ground up, building a relationship of trust 
with this horse. And sometimes the horse represents the relationship with yourself. Sometimes the horse represents a relationship with your company. We've had individuals that, you know, we've said, okay, let's take off the lead line and see if you can lead without the lead line. And they said, no, I can't lead without the lead line. Like I've got to pull, you know, the horse. And the reality is letting go of mm-hmm. that control, that control, that lead line is, is meaningless. You know, um, the relationship is what was really the partnership, but the, for the business owner, that lead line and that halter represented a tool or a crutch of control. And we've had business owners that need to learn that lesson with their teams of letting go of the lead line and knowing Mm -hmm. that they can lead confidently and that their team is alongside them without all of the micromanaging. Yeah. And then the, the carrot and stick analogy comes to mind. It's like, if I'm going to, you know, incentivize you with a a bonus or a commission, or I'm going to threaten to fire you. It's like, that's sort of the lead line. And that's how a lot of people maybe manage. And, you know, as opposed to like building the trust and the relationship, like you're suggesting, and I love how you're breaking this down with the analogy of working with a horse and how it sort of exemplifies what someone's style is in a, in a leadership position or just a relationship of any kind. Yeah. And that's just the retreats, Hans. Like that's, these are the lessons that we're able to bring out at the ranch, but that's just one of the um, things in the work-life alignment firm that it's one of my favorite things that we get to do. Yeah. But that's when I speak, I, I tend to speak on the power of a herd and a herd mindset and mm-hmm. of self-awareness and work-life alignment. And so that's why I wrote that, how to stay sane during insane times. That's about self-awareness. That's mm-hmm. not about you know, how to lead through a crisis. You know, if, if you went out to the mm-hmm. ranch and we were like, okay, if, if I took the webinar applications of most of those, you know, how to manage through a crisis, how to lead through a crisis, and we applied that to horses, it wouldn't work because it's now's mm-hmm. not the time to kind of put that forced energy. Now's the time to find a safe space of good relationships and confidently walk towards the future. I love that. And you know, what I, what it were, I was going to go with the, the next question because we are getting towards the end of the time and I want to respect the rest of your day here. Um, but you know, if someone's listening to this, whether they're thinking about starting a business now or uh, they're in a business and they're having an issue in some way, or they've already, they run their own business or their own team. Um, what are some of the things that, they could take away from what you teach uh, that would help them just become more self-aware and become a better leader and become a better part of that team. So just remember that what your team is watching your actions and actions speak louder than words. And so telling your team, just shut it off and have a weekend or take care of themselves. If you're not modeling that behavior, that's something that the team's not necessarily going to pick up on. I just recently wrote a blog about I'm not too busy because my body language and sometimes the way that my brain works is so quick that my team perceives me as um, not caring or just, you know, not Mm -hmm. present. Um, And I work on explaining my thought process behind it so that they understand that I'm never too busy for them. You know, my brain's just, moving rapidly. And so, you know, we, we have that kind of cadence. And so 
as far as what I want your listeners or what I hope that your listeners take away from this is that look right now into what value you have um, and what you're passionate about and see how you can fulfill that need and serve your clients in a way that um, is authentic and don't be afraid to be vulnerable right now. But with that, you need to take extra good care of yourself. You as the business owner are the single resource that I cannot replace. I can find another CEO, but if you're the entrepreneur and you're the visionary, you're a resource that I can't go to Costco and get more of, right? Like I can always get more uh, paper or all of those kinds of things, but look at your time and energy as a resource and how you're using it wisely. I love that. One one last question that just kind of popped up into my head because you've you brought up this concept of the herd mentality, and I think especially in the entrepreneurship space, especially in like tech entrepreneurship, I, you know, every, it's all about break away from the pack, you know, do your own thing, you know, just in general, we're all sort of move, trying to move towards freedom in that way. And, and a lot of the popular advice is like, is that break away, leave the herd behind, don't be a lemming, etc. But you're using the concept of a herd to teach um, how to be successful in business as an entrepreneur. Can you just, yeah, Tie that um, up and, and, and explain that to us just a little bit because I think it's maybe just a touch confusing to some. So as a solopreneur, you're still not alone. There's, there's a support network, there's strategic partners, there's your clients. You still have a herd, even if it's just you and you're breaking away from the pack and you're going to be doing your own thing and you're not going to be a lemming. You know, you don't, reinventing the wheel is the most expensive thing that you can do from a resource perspective. So using mentors, using professional coaches to be able to build your herd, uh, a business owner needs to have an accountant that they can trust, a lawyer that they can trust. And so look at that as your herd versus, um, you know, actually thinking about being a part of a, a pack. Think about building that support herd around you that can lift you up. I've had people say, well, I'm the, I'm the only person in my business. You're not the only person in your business. If you have clients an accountant, a lawyer, and you can also take a step back as not the business owner Hans, and you definitely need to have that herd behind you. Because if I didn't have my husband's support in my companies, if I didn't have my family's support, it would be very difficult, but it takes communication on what I'm need from them and how they can support me, which is that awareness, my self-awareness, and then also self-management. Because if I tell them I need to be in bed at 10 and then at 10, they're like, Hey, you know, it's 10. I'm like, Oh no, never mind. Oh, it's fine. I'm going to have like three more hours of email. Um, so that's what I would say. That's awesome. Thank you for, for breaking that down for us. Cause I, I totally agree with building a community, a herd, how, whatever adjective you want to call it. But um, having that support system and and those people around you who can strategically help fill in gaps and lift you up and that sort of thing is love it. So thank you for for sharing that. We are at the end of the time, so I like I said, want to respect the rest of your day. Uh, so I am going to transition us to the focus five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. Are you ready? I am. Awesome. First question is. 
What book have you gifted most often? I have probably most often gifted the best self journal, um, which that is a journal. And I've, as far as a book, it's not a business book, but I think it applies. The Tao of Pooh. Um, if you have not read that, it's Benjamin. Uh, I can't remember his last name, um, but that from an energy and a flow perspective, um, I probably gifted that book the most. And love is just get damn good business. Hans, that's a horrible question for me because mm. ask any of my clients and like, there's just 15 books that I've probably <laughs> given uh, to so many people. Love it. Well, if you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? My grandfather. He's the best business owner and human that I have ever encountered. And I'm very blessed to have his essence present in every single one of my businesses. And I do very much hope that I'm making him proud. Uh, but he he's broke the mold with him. And this is a question that I've been asked before on panels and speaking and, you know, the shock of that. It's not this celebrity or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, well, aside from your grandfather, just cause you miss him, um, who'd be your number two. And it would be Dr. Seuss, uh, just because of the way mm -hmm. that he looked about, uh, looked at the world. Um, and if you look at what he was writing about, it wasn't children's books. Um, and there's just a lot of lessons and meaning in, in those books. So. Love it. What is one thing that you believe that most people would disagree with you on? Uh, what is one thing that most, um, I taught my daughter the F word. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I'm from a military family. She hears it. Uh, she's eight. And I, from a psychological developmental perspective, I, I know that making something taboo is not actually the best route for her. So I explained to her what the word was, what it meant, and that some people don't use it with class, but that there are certain situations, and you can disagree with me if you would like, Hans, but there are certain situations that can only be best explained by using that word. Love it. That's, that's an awesome explanation. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you start your day? So I subscribe to the Miracle Morning uh, method, and so it's um, a glass of water, Meditation, exercise, journaling, reading, um, those are all of the things. Like yesterday morning I got up, uh, my husband's military, so he was gone, and I made sure I got in my workout, my reading, um, my journaling, and um, you know my water, and then I did the floors. Um, like I, I mopped our, our floors. Um, so I try to get that one thing, clean one thing as well is the only other thing that I added um, to the, the Miracle Morning steps is, is to clean one thing or one area because I don't like clutter and chaos building up. And so if I can straighten up the papers that are on the desk or clear the kitchen counter or just simply fold the blankets uh, in the 
living room because my kids love to throw the blankets everywhere. Um, yeah, it helps. That's awesome. Bunny, Bunny, this has been really, really great. What is the best place online that the audience can connect with you? So the marketing team's going to tell you the best place to go is bunnyyoung.com. And that's probably the best for all of the, the resources. But I'm going to tell you that I'm, where you can find me the most is in our Difference Makers Facebook group. And you can find that through bunnyyoung.com and on Instagram, which is at bunnyhas6legs and at a better place consulting. So that's where you see the most me. Uh, but if you go to the website, the website will show you what's the latest and greatest. Like we have that free ebook, how to stay sane during insane times right now on the, the website. So um, website for all of the resources, but if you actually want me, uh, Instagram. Awesome. Well, I'll link to all of that down in the show notes, guys. So it's really easy to find. Uh, Bunny, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate your time and all the insight and the value you brought. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, have a good rest of your day. Absolutely. Stay safe and stay sane. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you want to connect with Bunny, you can either go to her website, bunnyyoung.com, down in the show notes, as well as her Instagram handle, which is bunny has six, like the letter or the number six legs. Uh, you'll find her there. See all the cool stuff she's posting over there. And if you want to connect with me, all of my social media handles, as well as the link to get on my calendar, are down in the show notes. Uh, if you want to have a one on one conversation, I would love to have that with you. Uh, just get to know you a little better and see how I can keep providing value to you as a listener to the show. So thanks in advance for doing that. And we're going to go ahead and sign it off. So this is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at Chief SNAH on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another Way to Play.